you know, anecdotally, I've played on the same platform for 20 years, not because Yahoo is amazing, but because it's just where me and my friends all play. Like we're not going to leave, right? What other platform now, even as the industry has expanded, what other platform can really claim that kind of retention? Hey, this is Jesse here, and you're about to hear my discussion with Ty and Dan from Betel, which is the future of social sports gaming. In this episode, the guys talk about the current state of season-long fantasy sports, how Betel is adding a new layer of engagement for people in season-long leagues, and why they're confident that the category isn't going anywhere, despite the fact that it sometimes feels forgotten about. I really enjoyed hearing Ty and Dan's takes on everything, and I hope you do too. This episode is brought to you by InPlay.ai, the leaders in AI-powered sports gaming technology. Discover how they're using advanced AI to build the ultimate second screen experience, powered by the only full-stack solution for micro same-game parlays, uninterrupted in-play markets, and fully automated risk management. To learn more about the future of sports gaming, visit www.inplay.ai. All right, we are back on the Betting Starters podcast post-Thanksgiving edition of the pod. So hopefully the turkey hangovers aren't too bad on your guys' side. Dan, Ty, welcome to the pod. I'm really excited to dive into Battle and everything you guys are up to. And frankly, we haven't had a lot of guests that are doing work in the season-long fantasy space. So excited to kind of unpack what you guys are up to and what I sometimes feel like a bit of like a neglected category or forgotten about category within the wider space. So welcome to the pod. I guess it's a check-in at the starting line. How are you guys doing today? Hey, thanks for having us, Jesse. We're doing fantastic. Thanksgiving was great on our end. Hangover, I think, is officially passed. So we're, uh, we're, we're good. We're good over here. Yeah, likewise. Excited to be here and give voice to the season-long players. There's uh, millions of us out there. 100%. Well, we'll get into everything you guys are up to at Battle in a moment here. But again, just at the starting line, it'd be awesome if we could get into a little bit of your guys' backgrounds, how do you introduce yourselves, and uh, maybe spend a couple minutes up front giving us a sense of your journeys and some of the major chapters of it up until co-founding Battle. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start. So Ty Masterson here, co-founder, CEO of Battle. My background's been in digital product management for the past couple decades or so. I've been up here in the Boston area working at a number of consumer tech companies, leading product teams through the development and deployment of, again, mostly kind of consumer tech product. Fantasy sports is my number one passion. It's what I do in my, in my spare time, most of the time. And I like playing it. I've got, I think, 15 championships under my belt in the season-long space. And Ultimately, yeah, this kind of idea came about as a passion project of mine where, again, being an avid player for multiple decades, I just felt there was, there was a limitation in terms of what I could do in, in the space uh, and with my team that I spend so much time and money on. So I wanted to do something about that. Uh, and that's where uh, ultimately landed me here at Battle. My story is uh, not dissimilar from, from Ty's. I am, when I was a kid, I, I, I always say that I didn't want to play. I'm from Boston. I didn't want to play for the Red Sox. I wanted to build the team. Like I wanted to be the general manager, right? So that was kind of always my my mindsets led me here to look, play fantasy sports. Been playing since I was 11. Career-wise, like Ty, you know, I'm a, I've been in product for the last 10 or so years uh, working for, I think my the biggest company I've ever worked for is, is 100 people in the tech space. Everything has been pretty small. I love startups, been working at startups for most of my career. So it was really just a natural transition to be able to sort of merge those two loves together. And uh, here we are now at Battle trying to do that. Right on. Well, let's talk a little bit about the origins of Battle before we do a deep dive into what it is you're actually up to with it. Give us a sense of the initial conversations between you and, and kind of what did that look like that ultimately sort of sprung Battle and, and kind of kicked you off onto the trajectory you're now on? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll take this one, Dan. 
So yeah, Dan and I were co-workers on a product team up here in the Boston area at a software company five plus years ago. And we're both avid fantasy players. Our friendship really grew around our passion for uh, fantasy sports, specifically season-long fantasy. And we both love our teams. As we mentioned, we've been playing for many decades. And we spent ultimately a lot of time at work talking about our fantasy teams, probably more than the, our actual job itself. And we both quickly learned that we shared a lot of the same frustrations about uh, the experience in terms of the limitations and the lack of in, uh, innovation for season-long players in the space. And a big part of it is that I play on ESPN and he plays on Yahoo. And at the end of the day, all we could do was talk smack. There was no way we could ultimately play against each other. So that's really what spurred the initial conversation on what we could do and what was missing from the experience and what we could make better, how we could invest in this niche of the industry to make it a better experience. And that's what we did. And we ultimately had to explore if we, again, as product guys, if we could build a platform in this space. I think we had the actual experience part down, but in this complicated and regulated space, there's other uh, hurdles that we had to make sure that we could hop over. And we ultimately landed in the space where we are now and where we, what Betel is, is we kind of serve as a complementary product uh, where we take advantage of the inertia that fantasy players have to their current platforms, but it allows them to play and engage uh, with those teams in a more meaningful way across the entire ecosystem. Uh, so that's what we're building right now. Awesome. Well, it's a perfect segue tie into a bit of a deeper dive on Betel itself. And again, for the benefit of people listening that might not yet be familiar with the concept, can you just start with a high concept overview and kind of describe what it is you're putting into the market, what the mechanics are, and ultimately what the value proposition is to the communities. So yeah, Jesse, what we're building is a new daily destination for season-long fantasy sports, where we allow you to take that season-long team that you pour so much time and money into over the course of an entire season and allow you to compete and connect with the greater fantasy community. So first and foremost, we offer a head-to-head -head style game, that Tinder-like experience for your fantasy team, where we put you in an arena where you can swipe right on a lineup that you want to potentially send out a match proposal to. If you don't like what you see, you swipe last. So we ultimately are providing a, a DFS type experience where you can play as much as you want, kind of outside of that one match that you do have on your native platform, right? On top of that, over the past uh, month, we just also released group style contests that allow users to take that team and compete in kind of more tournament style deals if they're looking for kind of larger prize pools and looking to kind of scratch or make some more money off their teams, if you will. Around that arena, we have a social layer as well uh, that allows the community to ultimately engage uh, and connect with uh, not only other enthusiasts, but with uh, creators and influencers in this, in this space where you can solicit advice and ultimately connect and, and, and again, engage with the community around that team that you spend so much time and money on. Gotcha. So just to double click on that tie, and just so I understand, the mechanics are, I have a season-long fantasy team in a traditional season-long fantasy league, but on a week-over-week -week basis, I can take my lineup from my season-long team and actually have that lineup for that week compete on a week-long format, more of a DFS-style mechanic. Do I have that about right? You had that exactly right. So that's exactly right. We have integrations into the, the major platforms where we're ultimately serving as kind of a complement or a sidecar with whatever changes you're making on that native platform, trades, waiver wire pickups, things like that, we're ultimately taking that kind of real-time snapshot of your team on a weekly basis on our platform. So you're playing with that same team, again, on a weekly style in kind of that DFS format, like you mentioned. Gotcha. No, that's, that's a cool, I guess, hybrid between the two concepts. And I do want to maybe just focus for a minute or two here, just talking about the state of season-long fantasy in general. Like, like I said at the outset, guys, I don't get a lot of startups that are really dabbling in, in that category now. and Despite the fact it does feel like it's a bit forgotten about, I mean, to your point a few minutes ago, I mean, there, there's still tons of people playing it. So I guess 
what I'm interested in is just kind of getting a pulse check from you guys on like, what is the current state of, of season long? And what, what's it look like, I guess, in the world now where we hear so much about DFS and, and pick em style games? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, near and dear to our hearts uh, for obvious reasons, but also for personal ones. But I think, I think the industry perception on season long today is kind of like the forgotten, you know, younger sibling, right? Like nobody really thinks about it anymore or thinks it's growing the way that it is. But the reality is 40 million people are playing season-long fantasy every year. That's 14% year over year and 20% over the last five years. So it's still continuing to grow. And it's also, you know, arguably the most stable subset of the industry, right? Like Ty mentioned the inertia that people have around season-long and the platforms that they play on. You know, anecdotally, I've played on the same platform for 20 years, not because Yahoo is amazing, but because it's just where me and my friends all play. Like, we're not going to leave, right? What other platform now, even as the industry has expanded, what other platform can really claim that kind of retention, right? Like, I think the, the reason that you're seeing promotions around, you know, mega bonus bets and all these other things is because there's not as much brand loyalty, right, in other portions of the the fantasy space, right? DFS, pick on products, things like that. So for us, like that's a huge opportunity, right? As we mentioned, we built our product to complement, but also connect those users that are siloed right now. So for us, like that's that's a really exciting opportunity in the season long space. And people aren't churning at all from their platforms or from the game type. And that's been remained true even as new game formats have emerged, right? Obviously, prize picks, underdog, these brands are are hot and huge right now. And I'm sure we'll continue to grow and build healthy products, but they don't have the same level of loyalty and engagement that season long does. And so for us, again, we we're biased, but we're excited about that. And we, we love that and think it's only going to continue to grow, especially as more people start playing. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can't help but agree with you on the retention side. I mean, people, once they're locked onto a platform, I mean, they're, they're basically there for the, the career of, of the season long fantasy gameplay. And I guess that leads me to think a bit more about the acquisition side of it. And again, from a season-long fantasy perspective, like the retention is locked in. We've established that. But how do you think about, I guess, the and not to sound too doomerish here, but like how do you think about the future prospects of season-long fantasy more against the backdrop of secular trends, like the movement towards like instant gratification and, you know, even things like, you know, declining viewership of, of sports amongst like Gen Z cohorts. Like how, I guess, do you guys reconcile like building a business in a startup that's predicated on season-long fantasy when maybe there's some headwinds, more demographically speaking, that suggests that maybe that's not the type of gameplay that, you know, new audiences are looking for? Yeah, it's a great question. And obviously, it's something that we think about quite a bit. You know, as I mentioned, broadly speaking, season-long as a format continues to grow every single year by double-digit percentage points. So that being said, like, we still think that the product and that set subset of the industry is extremely healthy. But, you know, I think to your question about sort of how Gen Z is consuming content in sports, like it's really a broader question, right? I think traditional and linear TV, sure. I think Gen Z viewership is definitely declining, but the pace and volume at which they're consuming content elsewhere and in other formats around sports still is extremely high, right? You know, not to go too deep in the weeds here, but, you know, a large portion of our strategy has really centered around TikTok partnerships and working with content creators and influencers in these spaces. And that's been a highly successful channel for us because Gen Z is engaged and interacting with this content, right? In a very meaningful way. YouTube is a very similar outlet for that. So for us, like while, yes, it may seem like Gen Z is not consuming, watching like a three-hour game on their cable subscription anymore, you know, it's streaming viewership is up, but also uh, sort of micro content, right? Like short bits of highlights and like that um, still remain in incredibly popular. 
And then again, you look at the, the social presence too on these platforms that athletes themselves have, right? I think that kind of still speaks to the, the relevance and presence of uh, an impact of sports in the broader culture and, in, and especially among Gen Z. So for us, like, we, again, we think that that's a huge opportunity to speak to that audience in the right way and present them something that offers an augmentation to their seasonal experience that does kind of scratch that instant gratification itch, right? That's what we're really trying to accomplish for those folks is giving them that weekly payout for a platform and a format that maybe they can't get that in right now. Gotcha. And I guess, you know, it's, it's still early days, but I'm curious about the early response from users and I guess what are, you know, some of the maybe early takeaways and or surprises and, and Ty, I think I saw a post of yours on LinkedIn uh, last week or the week before talking about how I believe the, the group contests were already surpassing the head to head contests, which I perceive that post as being a bit of a surprise to you. But I guess, yeah, just like what's the overall, I guess, response you guys are getting so far and, and, and what are the takeaways through the first little while here? Yeah, ultimately, we've been really, really pleased with the response, especially given how new and unfamiliar we are right as a brand, right? This is our first proper year and, and football season in market. But so far, people are really resonating with the differentiation, right? You know, we have some poll quotes from early adopters and partners that they love the fact that we're not just another pick em product, right? Not to disparage those products, but for us, like we're providing a new experience and a new way to engage with their teams that they love. So broadly speaking, like we've been really happy with, with how people have re reacted and responded to that so far. You know, I think it speaks to kind of the appetite and craving for some alternatives, right? To the traditional and transactional DFS gaming products that are out there. That differentiation speaks to people, but it, it creates a connection in a different way. We are really happy too with the response to group contests. I will say that we're not, it hasn't overtaken head to head just yet. It's getting close. I think we've been surprised by the velocity. But one thing that we've also seen is our volume and retention around our head to head product has grown alongside our group contest, right? Which I think it's, which has been really cool to see. It's not just that people are coming in and seeking high prizes, right? That's definitely an enticement, right? People are coming into the platform and they're doing one group contest. But while they're in, they're also playing in some head-to-heads and sending out some proposals and engaging with it through that lens as well, which we think speaks not just to, you know, transactional or, or financial element of gaming, but also the community piece, right? That's a huge element of what we're trying to do is because you, you play season-long fantasy sports, that's a connection-based experience, right? And competitive, yeah, com competition is a piece of it, but we really want to sort of still retain that connection and that inter interpersonal connection in particular. So it's been really great to see that continue to grow a lot our group product as well. And then I guess, you know, you're both product guys, both have product backgrounds. I'm curious just to understand, I mean, you spoke about the beginning here, you know, Ty, you, you have your season long team on ESPN, Dan's is on Yahoo, obviously Betel sort of, you know, merging the two here. How are you guys actually, I guess, doing that from a product perspective, right? Are you integrating with these platforms? Do you have partnerships? Like talk a little bit about how you're actually making all of this happen. Yeah, so technically behind the scenes, many of the providers do often open source APIs that we're able to tie into. So we have access into those where we are able to build kind of those real-time uh, syncing mechanisms. At the end of the day, at a high level, it's, it's API-based. So most of the big platforms have open APIs that we've been able to tap into and integrate with, uh, which we then call on a regular basis to make sure lineups are updated, league structure makes sense, that we have the right rules, all that stuff that we can then show to our users. And then like from a mechanical standpoint, you know, again, we're calling in on a regular basis to make sure we reflect any trades, waiver claims, whatever. And then again, from our standpoint, you can update your lineup however you want on Battle. It doesn't have to be how it's reflected on sort of the core platform that you're playing on. And you can use that lineup to participate in sort of our weekly paid contests and how we score them. 
We also do have some more niche partnerships with smaller platforms like NFFC is a high stakes platform. They're the second largest high stakes fantasy platform for football contests, I think right now. They don't have a, a public API, but we have a partnership deal with them that gets us access to their API documentation. So our partnerships are really all around integrating and making sure that we've got the latest and greatest from core platforms. We also work with leading data providers in the industry to power live stats. You know, we work with Sport Radar on our live stats. We've got a partnership with Rotoballer for player news and projections that ties in as well to the platform. So that's the center of it. And then just to quickly name drop the platforms that you currently provide support for, which, which season-long platforms can I basically connect to my battle account uh, as of now? Yeah, so we're currently integrated with uh, ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper, and NFFC. Awesome. Let's zoom out a little bit from battle specifically, guys. Uh, I want to talk about a couple sort of industry points here and, and get your take on a couple of things. The first is that, you know, obviously when talking about fantasy right now, it's hard to talk too long without addressing the elephant in the room, which is, you know, regulatory scrutiny being placed on DFS and particularly the pick'em format. And I guess I'm just sort of curious for your takes on sort of what impact, if any, do you think that, you know, scrutiny has on season long? Yeah, de definitely a great question. It's obviously popping up in the news quite a bit recently as it relates to some of these, as these highly popular uh, pick'em style contests. They've exploded in popularity, we think, because these they scratch that itch, right? The fantasy enthusiasts aren't necessarily getting in the, in the season-long space. They provide that instant gratification, right? But as you mentioned, these sites have heard from states around the legality of the gameplay and whether or not these truly are games of skill. Some of them where you're really just putting a player or two up against each other, kind of toe that line a bit. Any real scrutiny there uh, kind of around that, it's, it's going to have a positive impact on us because our game style and gameplay really doesn't toe that line. We play in the game of skill realm where you are competing with that the entire fantasy team asset. And just to also build on that, you know, I think there's extra sensitivity around Pick'em products, just given how, how many states are putting the, you know, the wheels in motion to legalize sports betting, right, in their markets if it's not already legalized. And obviously that's a directly, you could argue that's a directly competing product with a sports book, right? Whereas for season long in particular, and as an industry, you know, it's, it's never going to be confused for sports betting, right? It's, it's clearly a game of skill. There's tons of precedent for it. And so, you know, that's been core and central to our ethos and what we've been building since our inception, right, is being able to tie into that and sort of lean into that angle quite a bit. So as it relates to season long, like we feel like it's really well insulated and squint at it. It makes sense that there's a little more scrutiny under the pick'em products these days. Yeah. The other thing I, I want to quickly get your guys' takes on, I mean, we're a couple of weeks now uh, since ESPN bet flipped the switch on their betting product. And you know, like Utah, you've been playing on ESPN for years for season long fantasy. And I guess thinking about ESPN as, as a business right now and as a product organization, like they now have multiple product vertical support. Obviously, sports betting is, is the new darling. What do you guys think that means for the future of their season long product? Right. I mean, do you sort of see, you know, focus being splintered internally there and it almost being like a bit forgotten about internally with all of the attention now on the betting product? Or like, how do you sort of, I guess, reconcile that? And like, what's your take on it with the arrival of ESPN bet? We actually think it's a, an exciting sign for their fantasy product. I mean, this is the first time that they're showing an intent and an interest in investing in real money gaming in maybe forever. So that just hasn't been the case in the past. Um, and as you mentioned, I've been playing on there for 20 plus years. So personally, I'm optimistic, or should I say hopeful, that this means that they're going to be investing in their, in their fantasy gameplay. And, and they should. They have tens of millions of fantasy players on their platform. 
they realize the overlap between fantasy sports players and sports bettors. There's 75% of the people who play fantasy sports also sports bet. So I imagine they look at these channels as complementary. Awesome. Time will tell, I guess, but we'll leave all that there for now. I also want to chat with you guys uh, just about the fundraising side of all of this and, you know, takes capital to, to get a project like this up off the ground. And we haven't even talked about user acquisition, but obviously that's notoriously expensive. It takes resources to do all of this. So start with maybe you guys can uh, share a little bit about just the background on any capital you've raised to get to this point and tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, yeah, how you've been able to sort of uh, get Betel up and out to market. Yeah, absolutely. So we raised our initial capital at the beginning of 2022. We brought in a half a million dollars, which we used uh, over the course of that year to build out our proof of concept, which we did last football season. We tested go-to-market initiatives over the course of that season and ultimately laid the operational footprint to put forth a proper go-to-market this season. So initial 500 that we raised, we've raised an additional 250 uh, sequentially earlier this year to properly fuel this go-to-market, which we are currently undertaking this football season. So 750 in the door to date. Awesome. And I understand if I'm not mistaken, you guys are now in the process of raising some additional capital. So wondering if you can share a little bit about, you know, current fundraising plans and sort of what that looks like, what milestones you hope to reach with it, and ultimately sort of what types of investors you're looking to uh, talk to, to look at the battle opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So we kicked off a raise last month. We're raising $2 million to grow out our user base and expand across additional sports in, into 2024. We're having active conversations right now, many, many of them with funds familiar with the space, sports tech, some of them specifically with fantasy and gaming. And we're looking to close this round by the end of the year. So having, as I mentioned, active conversations right now with a number of funds with the holiday season there, we got to get them in the door soon, but we've got a handful in the door and, and yeah, four or five more lined up before uh, the holidays. And just a note on that too, we're looking really for a strategic lead, right? Where we can, I think the industry is you know, as we've talked about sort of at length here already today, the industry is very dense and somewhat fractured. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of mouths to feed. And so for us, I think looking for someone that can help guide us through that process, right? And make sure that we're continuing to lean into our differentiation, finding the right channels so that we can scale in a cost-effective manner. You know, I think those are kind of the non-financial trademarks that we're also looking for here. I'm just curious as well, like in the conversations you're having thus far with this round, like what's your just sort of vibe, I guess, on the capital markets right now? I mean, obviously it's really challenging out there, but what's your sort of sentiment and read uh, based on some of the feedback you guys have gotten so far? Yeah, it's certainly a challenging time, I, I think, for anyone. So we are, we're casting a pretty wide net because of that. And really where, as I mentioned, kind of where we're seeing our success and getting conversations to happen is with people who have familiarity in the space. So that's kind of where we are, our focus now, but it, it, it's certainly been a challenge. And yeah, as I mentioned, what that has us doing is just kind of opening up our doors and eyes and minds in terms of where to find that capital. We're not looking for, or that's not to say that strategic lead can't be uh, someone who doesn't have industry experience. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, but certainly I think we're at it for kind of by casting that wider net. Yeah. I think too, just to build on that point, right. To some degree, it's making sure that we're staying true to our principles when we have these conversations and leaning into the channels that are key to building a healthy business. You know, I think that's one of the good things about this. I mean, it's a difficult time, but that's one of the yeah. good things for businesses that are getting built right now. They'll all come out stronger and more capital efficient and all that good stuff. So, you know, trying to take a rose colored look at it a little bit here, it's, there's some positives to be had. Yeah, the truth, they demand traction, but we, we feel we're building it right now. Awesome. And I guess, you know, we're nearing the end of the year here. As you guys look ahead to 2024, 
Dan, you mentioned, you know, expanding the product to new sports. Um, but beyond that, what are some of the major milestones you guys are focused on for the year ahead? And I guess, what does a successful 2024 look like for Vettel? Yeah, happy to share some of those. I mean, for us, you know, heading into the this, if we're having this conversation again this time next year, I think on a user basis, we are projected to cross, based on our current projections with this fundraise, the 100,000 100, user mark by the end of next football season, which feels aggressive, but very attainable on sort of the product front. And again, part of the path to getting to that 100,000 user number is building a daily fantasy product, right? Introducing new sports. That's really a core focus for us is introducing, you know, baseball basketball, golf. We think golf is actually a really huge fantasy opportunity and we both love golf. So uh, again, falls right in our wheelhouse, but continuing to hit on sort of those key sports that are either growing or currently underserved and providing users a way to play and engage with them. That's a, that's sort of critical to hitting our, our user number. Also striking some strategic partnerships, which both on the content side, but also on sort of the league side, we've been having some, some initial conversations around some of that as well. So don't want to go too deep into the weeds on that, but we're excited about some of the early momentum on some of those that we can continue to build on. Exciting. Well, looking forward to the update this time next year, as you say, and uh, tracking the, the progress. But I guess uh, to round things out for today, getting towards the, the finish line here, it's the last week of November, which I think makes it okay for me to finally start talking about NFL playoffs. I haven't asked any guests this season about it yet, but I will ask you guys, put you in the hot seat here. We have less than a handful. <laughs> I think we have about a handful of weeks left in the regular season. So want to get your guys' takes. What do you see uh, looking ahead to the playoffs? And I guess to get your takes, who are we going to see in the Super Bowl this year and who's going to emerge the victor? Yeah, this year has been a crazy one. Uh, so we're both Patriots fans. So the first time in a while, we're uh, uncharted territory for us. I can't pick my Patriots, unfortunately. And yeah, there, there just seems to be a lot of parity in the, in the NFL this year, which is exciting. That being said, my pick is going to have to be the Chiefs over the 49ers. I hate to say that as, again, a Patriots fan. The dynasty Mahomes and Reader building down there is, is certainly catching up to, to Brady and Belichick up here a lot quicker than I think we, we want to. So don't want to see. So unfortunately, probably a boring answer, but, but I got Mahomes and the Chiefs taking it down again. Yeah, I'll zag a little. I'm going to keep it in the AFC East. I think the Dolphins look like the best team in the AFC when they're rolling. So. I mean, they, you know, they can be a little erratic, but they're my pick coming out of the AFC, but I don't think anyone's beating the, the 49ers this year. They just seem like a wagon, you know, Brock Purdy looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. So yeah, it's kind of hard to pick against the Niners right now. So Niners over Dolphins. All right. Well, we'll track that, uh, those predictions as well in a, a few weeks time here, but guys, that takes us to my standard closing question. I don't know if you know it, so I'll quickly wrap it off to you. If you guys weren't working on metal, if you weren't working in sports tech, if you weren't doing anything building products in your previous career chapters in a parallel universe, what would you guys be doing instead? Ultimately, if I could pick, it would be running the Red Sox and uh, building their roster. That'd be the dream. But if we're getting away from outside sports, sports yeah, yeah, if we're time. getting outside of sports, you know, I think for me, I've always uh, the latent entrepreneurial bone in me, but I think uh, I've always wanted to run a, a bookstore, be a hybrid brewery bookstore. Took my answer. Mine was <laughs> yeah. going to be a brewery. <laughs> we, can do it. Hey, we can do it together. You and me, Ty, we can do that together. Okay. So that's yeah that's where i would be love it well i'll be a patron of that brewery when it opens you let me know when uh, when the doors are open guys anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you maybe learn more about the investment opportunity and of course check out the product can you quickly plug where people can go do all that yeah certainly so you can find us at betel.co in terms of our our website um, we can both be reached there again i'm ty masterson you can find me on linkedin Dan Gentili, he's also on LinkedIn. Pretty easy to find if you search for us with the combination of Betel 
And yeah, we're very active there. And as we mentioned, we're actively looking for conversation. So please do reach out. We have apps, you know, iOS, Android apps as well for anyone that wants to download and play. We're on X and we're on Instagram and TikTok, TikTok and stuff, yeah. uh, Battle Fantasy. So you can always find us there. Give us a follow. Yeah. Right on. Links in the show notes for all those. But guys, really enjoyed the conversation today and really wishing you guys the best of luck uh, for the rest of this season and of course the year ahead and look forward to the update a year from now and wishing you guys all the best. Likewise. Thanks so much, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse.